Chicken Radio. Radio. And I'm an echo, echo bubble. bubble. No. Yeah, at least I, I don't hear. hear. It'll go away in a second. Anyway, thank you for everybody, to everybody for tuning in. We got a good show tonight, a lot of topics to cover, and a special guest, Wesley Sprinkle, a real fast tackle. He's going to give us the ins and outs all about making tackle, local tackle, that is, American-made, right up the street here in Virginia even. So we'll get to Wes in a little while. I hope everybody's doing good, having a good week so far. Appreciate everybody who's listening on their apps and everyone who downloads the show afterwards. I was stumbling here because I was also typing in the chat room. All right. You sound great, Mark. Aw, shucks. Thanks, Joe. Means a lot coming from you. Anyway, uh, yeah, we got a lot to cover, a lot of things going on. A lot of upcoming events, too. I got fishing reports from North Carolina. I already mentioned our guest. I got a little excitement in my life this week. I've made a big change, I think, and I believe it's going to be for the better. I've hired on full-time at Ocean Bees, management level as it be. Uh, so kind of been looking for something like that for a while. Love being in the tackle industry on all sides. So let's see where that goes from here, but. It's going to be good. My old bones can't keep humping that lumber and sheetrock upstairs and climbing roofs anymore, so I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, no problem, Mark. So anyway, had a great weekend. I got to get on the water, go fish some areas. I haven't fished before Saturday. Pretty cool. Got into some nice red drum finally at the end of the trip almost, but uh, we found them and uh, worked out really cool. Uh, that was a nice nice day, nice time on the water with a bunch of fellow anglers I don't get to spend much time with, so that made the trip even that much better. Some really cool guys that you can get to hang out with. Any day on the water like that's always good. Let's see who all's with us tonight. We got Drew Camp, Andy Bukowski, Speckle Trout, Joe. I got some stuff left for you there, Joe, uh, from in my garage. I need to get to you. Uh, Jay Brooks, we got a guest. Guest, you can sign in with a Facebook or Twitter account. You can join the chat room. And we got our guest for tonight, Wesley Sprinkles, in there. Very cool. On another note, I just want to say stay safe, high speed, low drag, Russell Ham. Russell left us today to go overseas to Bahrain and do what he does. Uh, Chris and I are going to miss him. He spent the last, how long is he here? A week? Uh huh. Yeah, he spent a week here at our house before he deployed, and it was a short week. It seemed like he was only here a couple of days, but it was good to get to spend the last few days here stateside with Russell. And he just actually flew out a couple hours ago, so you be safe, buddy. Thinking about you here, and you got some place to come back to when you get back into this side of the world. So go do your work. What's everybody talking about in the chat room there? Thanks to Dan's. And handyman Sullivan. Yeah, I got it out here in the garage, Joe. Let me know when you want to get together and I'll bring it to you. Speaking of Dan Smuller. Huh? Joe can come and get them. Yeah, I'll put them in the truck. I got to talk to Joe about an upcoming trip. Wink, wink. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of Dan Smuller's handiwork, there, I don't know how many people follow me on Facebook, but uh, Father's Day, Chris surprised me with a beautiful red drum fish rub from Rob Choi and all behind my back my wife just she pulls stuff out of the air sometimes I don't know how she does it but she had Dan make a picture frame for that fish rub and uh, it was nothing less than incredible to go along with the incredible fish rub that Rob did so now we're just trying to decide what wall in our house gets the oh moment and gets to have that hung on it. So hopefully anybody anybody who saw my Facebook post last night, I came home from long day of work and there it was sitting on the bar top waiting for me. Beautiful, awesome, great job to both Rob and Dan, Tom Mattel from getting it down from Richmond and of course to my beautiful and lovely co host Chris for making all that happen. Total surprise all around, so Good job, everybody. You knocked me out. Our lead has joined us. 
Harvey, what's going on, buddy? Yeah, I guess that's all I got from that side of the world. Chris, anything good going on? Everybody behaving so far? Oh, yeah. Looking, mm-hmm. looking through my emails here, trying to find all my notes for tonight. I guess I'm going to go ahead and, and push a button. Yeah, go ahead and knock a button out. Something I need to know. Boondoggle? What the heck is a boondoggle? Is it a tournament? No, it's not a freaking tournament. A boondoggle's just an event where a bunch of kayak anglers come together for a weekend of fun and kayak fishing. We all get together and fish, check out industry-related products, have a big dinner, and swap a fishing story or two. What's that? Sounds like a useless waste of time? Yeah, it is. So what? So get your butt up off the couch and get to a boondoggle. Bring yourself. Bring your family. Heck, bring your hairy-ass brother-in-law. I don't care. Just get to a boondoggle. Check out yakangler.com slash boondoggle for more information. All right. Well, that's what we'll start our order with, the boondoggle. Upcoming boondoggle, October 12th to the 14th. I got jumped on last week by Chris Johnson because I butched the town, but I'm going to probably butch it again, but oh, well, I can't get it right. How was I supposed to say it? Pedro Key, Pedro Key, Florida. Anyway, if you want to learn how to say it right, go get all the information for the event. Somebody is going to complain again because I'm pretty sure that you said it wrong again. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, they can get it all right, and they can get all the information at yakangler.com forward slash boondoggle. I'm sure there's plenty of information there. I'm not sure. I know there's plenty of information there, so... Go over there, check it out. Uh, like I said, October 12th through the 14th. And I guess while I'm on that little run of upcoming events, let's see what else I can knock out. On that same weekend, the North Carolina Kayak Fishing Association be holding its Oak Island Tournament, which Chris and I are definitely going to attend. And I believe we got a couple other locals making the road trip with us. But uh, we're looking forward to that. Again, some new water we've never fished before. Go down and hang out with some. New friends, actually. We uh, met quite a few of them two weekends ago. When did we go to North Carolina? Yeah, two weekends ago. So, good to see some of those guys again and hang out with Mr. Mark Patterson, who's supposed to be calling in the show tonight also. He just got back from down there. Said he went down to do paperwork and stuff for the tournament, but I know there was kayaks in the truck. So, But anyway, got that all under control. Um, what else we got here? I'm trying to look for the dates for the upcoming Chesapeake Bay Tournament, and I am not getting it. Anyway, I can backtrack either way. I can multitask here. We have the PKA event, which is going to be the last weekend in September, and actually I just made sure today I got Wayne Bradby, the tournament director, is going to call in next week, and we're going to have him on the show talking about uh, everything going on with the tournament coming in. If you have no clue or have never fished in that, this would be our ninth annual. It's a charity tournament benefiting Project Healing Waters and Heroes on the Water. Last year we had, what do we have? Somebody help me. It was over 270, I think. 275, 275 anglers participated. And every one of them blew it out of the box. We raised over $15,000 for those two uh, charities. Great time. So if you don't have it on your calendar, you better put it on there because it's definitely an event worth coming to. I don't know how he does it every year, but he gets more raffles every time. You buy a raffle ticket, I think you almost make it out the door with something, even if it's air horns. (laughs) Hey, we had a great time with those air horns. We had a couple too. Yeah. But, no, it's a good event. Definitely one to put on your calendar. It's one of the largest on the East Coast, probably in the country. But uh, it's a really good time. So mark your calendars. And I'm still looking. I feel bad now because I can't find it. Early there entry at TKA ends on September 12th, I believe. And then the entry will go up. Gotcha. All right. Here we are. I think I found it. The Chesapeake Bay Kayak Anglers Tournament is coming up on September 13th to 15th, Camp Wright, Kent Island, Maryland. 
Uh, captain's meeting is the 13th. And then the tournament is on the 14th. Uh, you can get all your information at Chesapeake Bay Kayak Anglers.com forward slash tournament. And just remember, that's Upper Bay, not Chesapeake Bay down here because it's got the Chesapeake Bridge on it, but it's the other bridge. So, anyway, go check them out. There's a bunch of gang up there. Actually, a couple of the guys who fish in that club were just down this week and are still locally in town fishing. Langston and James are out here fishing around, so haven't heard if they caught anything today. They caught good fish yesterday, so I think they're probably doing good today on their own. Mm, I think we have Wesley now, maybe. Testing, Wesley. That is me. That is me. All right. All right. They're lining up. Very cool. I'll keep stumbling through the news here like I am, and then we'll get to Wesley. No Patterson yet, so, huh? Nope. Did he forget? You had mentioned Patterson was down at Oak Island doing paperwork. I distinctly saw some redfish with some flinching minnow pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's it, it got a tough job there being the tournament director. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he gave me the whole rundown on that. Oh, fuck your head. <laughs> so let's get to our North Carolina fishing report, as always, on a timely manner. One of our fellow native pro staffers and good friend, Phil Ruckert, seems to always come through for us with the NC report. Oh, I do believe we have Patterson now. Maybe. Wow. What's the last two yeah. numbers of this phone number, honey? I don't know that number by heart. I just know it pops up on my phone with his... Never mind, I won't say it. Okay, I'm going to the phone. Bye. All right, now give me time to read this report. So as I was saying, Phil Ruckert always comes through with a good fishing report from there. NC area. Let's see what Phil's got for us this week. He says here that the, for the first time it hasn't rained in four or five days stretch. So he says the rivers basically are balancing out, so it makes the rivers and the coast should be very fishable for the upcoming Labor Day weekend. Wow, Labor Day weekend already. I forgot all about that. Time's fun when you're having flies. So what do we got? For most of the coast, the past weekend was a washout, but the weather and water is improving, he says, for the weekend. Large red drum are still around the shoals near Cedar Island and will be moving up to Pamlico Sound towards Oriental soon. That's down your neck of the woods, Jay Brooks. Some schooly stripers are being found around pylons and structure around the Newburn area of the Neuse River. Work the water column and you will find them. Stay safe and enjoy your time on the water. And a side note, so it says to dust off your long guns. The opening day of dove season is Monday, September 2nd. So I guess we know what Philip's getting ready to do. And for more information, follow Philip. You can go check him out at www.kayakfishingnc.com. Thanks, Philip. All right, who did you find out was on the phone, Chris? Patterson. Is it? it is. Dad. Marky <laughs> Mark. His phone was charged. My phone was Dirt. charged, and I'm I'm challenged. I'm challenged with technology. <laughs> yeah, but you, you don't understand, everybody. Mark's phone charger's got two alligator clips in it hooked up to it. You gotta go out there and crank the squirrel in the front yard. <laughs> I don't, oh, I don't wow. appreciate it. I don't appreciate it. You don't appreciate it, but you, you're going to get it. So we were talking about you before you called in because we knew you hadn't called in yet. And we knew you didn't log in, so we knew we could talk about you. We were just saying how you uh, had to go down to uh, Oak Island to take care of some tournament stuff, but somehow you managed to squeeze some kayaks into the truck and some tackle and go fishing, too. It's a rough job you got there, Mr. P. Well, what I what I do is, you know, I always put the members first and my sponsors second, and I'm way behind there. And so what I wanted to do was go down there and secure our location, which I did, and our catering and all and our water rescue and all that. And then I said, I've got to use these five, not five packs, but five. Fishing minnows that someone left me begrudgingly, and just try those out. And uh, with the 
five that I was left, I was very pleased with the performance. <laughs> Lucky you got five, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my but, God. But he seems to be forgetting the fact that I only had like $1,000 worth of it in our truck driving down there that I left for you. I looked at Chris. I said, you know, we could just stop and sell these and call, have a nice weekend on our own and I don't know what happened, but no. You got well, five. You're again, good. Again, what members first, sponsor second. I'm third. I can't crack into a member pack, so I got to go with what I got. And all I had was five. Now, by the way, I'm down to two. So I'm, <laughs> I'm afraid to ask them. <laughs> is there, is there, was there any point in this? Was there any point in this where I was supposed to feel sorry for you, or is that like anything? I would just like to say they worked amazingly well, amazingly well. That's good because West, 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 like we got Wesley videos You do what now? Don't worry, Mr. Patterson. I, I know the guy that makes them. You're covered. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to go around Mr. Loza from now on. That's the, but, um, what? no, the rigging what? the rigging I said, I might have to go around Mr. Loja to get more than five next time. That's all watch I out, got. Watch out for Chris. <laughs> hey, wait, real quick. Just time out. Time out. Next time we get together, Mark, you can look at my yes, truck. Sir. I got stickers. I got stickers all over the truck, and none of those say charity on them. They say other businesses and sponsors. Nowhere's on there does any of those stickers say Lozier's charitable contributions come out of there. Well, when you got out and came to my house, did you see the sign out front that said bed and breakfast? Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, I did. Wow. I also, I also saw the sign that said the alarm is off. <laughs> no, no comment. No comment. No comment. Uh, I'm going to tell the story oh. real quick, and then we're going to get back to kayak fishing. So Mark did graciously put Chris and I up in his beautiful home. I think we mentioned that last week. But as we went to bed, Mark said, don't worry, come and go as you please. The alarm's turned off. You guys, it's your house, our house. So Chris and I got up the following morning before anybody in the house. And Chris was like, come on, let's go have a cup of coffee and sit out back. I was like, yeah, sounds like a good idea. We made coffee. I opened the back door, and immediately the alarm went off as we were at Fort Knox, the whole house. First thing in the morning I see is Mark flying out of his bedroom at Mach 90 trying to hit the buttons. I was running around the house like a cat burger when I got caught. In his skinny. But it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. Yeah, the alarm's off. Uh, We didn't need coffee after that. My heart got to racing. But anyway, well, cool, Mark. We were just talking about the Oak Island coming up. So before we get to Wesley, we we got plenty of time. Why don't you give us a quick rundown on where you're at with your upcoming tournament and, uh, give everybody a little idea of what they can expect. All right. Thank you very much. Again, it's two weeks after the same TKAA event, so that will give all you pros up there time to rest up and then come down here and do what you need to do down here. But it is um, the Ocean Division. We have an Ocean Slam Division, which is a whole different tournament, but it's the same time. It's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. You can fish two out of those three days. And first place for that is a Hobie Outback. For the inshore slam, we have a Hobie Revolution. Then we have a Slayer for the Redfish. We have a Hurricane Skimmer for the Trout. And then a Jackson Cuda for the Flounder. And then great monsters all the way down. We have just procured, we're at the Ocean Crest, Ocean View United Methodist Church. So hopefully people will see the big cross behind me as I'm giving my speech and won't even consider cheating. Um, we have room for one. We have room for 175. Um, so when they're gone, they're gone. Unless we can find another little spare room to put people in. But fire code is 175 at this point. Um, we're very excited. Uh, we have great catering, good parking. Uh, again, if you want to do the ocean, you can do the ocean. If you want to do the inshore, you can do the inshore, or you can do both. Because they're two separate tournaments. It's up to you. Very cool. And Mark, real quick, Mark, because 
What is the event location? It's Oak Island, North Carolina. If you go on www.nckfa.com, it's a global thread. My wife taught me that term. It's a global thread. If you log in, it's right at the top. Registration opens September the 1st. Uh, so it's the 31st at 12.01. We'll open up registration, and people will fill those spots really quickly. So... Um, that will be um, that's that's the deal. Where on Oak Island is your headquarters? Um, it's actually at the church. If you go on there, it's eighty four hundred East Oak Island Drive. The whole island's pretty small. It's right on the main drag. And again, we have um, thanks to my web guy, we've got a link. When you go into the rules, it'll tell you exactly where the captain's meeting is. You click there, and it takes you to the uh, thing. And we have a new member. They, Gosh, for him, who's done an incredible job of going on through Google and putting little aerial shots of where all the launch sites are and where the captain's meeting is. How much is the entry fee? Seventy-five bucks. Seventy-five. That includes dinner, the awards, captain's meeting, shirt, all the uh, the captain's bag. One one lottery ticket. We'll do another. We'll do some special perks on that too. So, cool, very cool. I'm just asking questions from the chat. Room. Sure, sure. No, those are great questions. Those All are right. great. Somebody. All right. Well, very cool. And We're of course, we have great it. sponsors such as Real Fast Tackle, who did a great job of coming down thanks to you and uh, giving us. 200 packages of their awesome baits that we will have in every captain's bag. And I, and I say, we'll, we, we may be able to, 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 to finagle another 25 if we need to. If not, those will be put in the raffle packages. Well, speaking of all that you got, that's the man who we have joining us tonight, or half of the team is with us anyway, Mark. Mark, the other half, graciously declined to be on the air. So we got Wesley with us, uh, Wesley Sprinkle with Real Fast Tackle. One of the great points of putting out about Real Fast Tackle, besides for the great products, is that they're all made right here in the great state of Virginia, in the USA, and just an hour north of the Tidewater area. So, Wesley, welcome. Yeah. Glad we got you Thank here. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. So that's basically the... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, basically that's the way it rolls here. There's no punches held, so you go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I just just witnessed that. I I think uh, Mr. Patterson was calling you out on the five dates there is what it sounded like from here. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, you know, I'm not going to be the one to blow the whistle. We only gave you seven. So um, you know, you did you did him good by giving him five of them. <laughs> no, no, we, we it's it's we want everybody to to be able to fish the stuff for the tournament. So that's why we stepped up and and did what we did. And um, being local out of Seaford, Virginia, um, it meant a lot to to get a little bit more local audience um, stretching out to Carolina. And we're going to be involved in that TKA event somewhat. As well, so um, you know we're we're happy to do it. We're proud to do it, and um, you know we enjoy all of the feedback that we get, um, the constructive criticism, the the color wants, and and everything else that's out there. It, it helps us grow and and be better at what we do. Yeah. Well, you and I have chatted quite a bit lately, so I, I kind of got a lot of, I want to ask you and go over because I find the whole actually just the tackle making business pretty interesting in itself. I've been selling it for a long time, but making it's pretty interesting to me, let alone how somebody these days gets started in a business like that. And I guess that's the biggest <laughs> thing to me is because anybody who walks into a decent sized tackle shop knows there's enough things going on on the wall. And so for you guys even to have the, uh, Willpower, I don't know what the word is to use to go out there and say, hey, we can make something better and something I think the public is going to like is definitely what you guys are doing, but how would you kind of make that leap into, hey, let's go uh, do this on our own? It was a, it was a complete 
um, accident. Um, Mark, to be, to be really honest with you, I'm, I'm not joking one bit. Um, my partner, um, his name is Mark Twilliger, and, um, you know, for short terms, we call him Twig, and that's what, you know, that's what his friends know him by. So if I refer to Twig, understand that's who I'm talking about. Um, but me and him had, had fished a lot, and, and we really, really dig um, being on the water and having a good time. And, you know, we were always looking at baits and kind of, you know, looking at stuff going, how can we make that better? Because we're both kind of um, gearhead orientated, so to speak, um, looking at the nuts and bolts of stuff and, you know, seeing what makes it do what it does. And, you know, we're both kind of intricate in that in the details. So long story short, um, we have uh, – we we were messing with a bunch of different baits and we loved the cobia fish. And um a friend of ours, Dave, owns Grafton Fishing Supply. Um, you know, he was he sells eels and does all that stuff and and I, I can't stand handling live eels. It's just it's disgusting. Um man, coming hey, from Mark. a guy my size <laughs> coming coming from a guy my size, I put up with more crap about not wanting to touch a eel. I mean like twig and them all know it. They hear crap that no, wrap it up in a towel, maybe. But uh, that's Mark's you know, favorite. Wes, Wesley, real quick, let me interrupt. If you ever come up, if um, you go out with us and let's do some striper fishing at the concrete ships, and we bring Patterson along, he'll he'll rig all your eels for you. That's like one of his favorite no, things. He will not. No, no, no. I I can't stand it. I I don't know what it is. Um, I mean, I can I can field dress a deer. I can clean fish. Um, I just, I cannot, they're just, they're nasty. And, I, and, and the funny thing is, the snakes don't bother me one bit. But an eel, oh, my God. Um so anyway, the same way. Yeah, it's just, I don't know what it is. I'm just wired different, I guess. Maybe you are too, Patterson. Um, well, it's the it's, slime. It's the slime. Snakes aren't slimy. Those things are just slime. Oh, my gosh. All right, ladies. All right, ladies. Let's get back any, to the anyway, show. Anyway, um you know, just, just looking at that and, and kind of wanting to have something. You know, you throw a live eel at a cobia. Sometimes they hang out and they do the right thing in the strike zone. Most of the time you're fighting trying to keep them off of a buoy chain or what have you. So we said, let's let's look at rubber eels. And we started tinkering with some stuff. And then, um, lo and behold, we discovered that Hoagie was out there with a with a rubber eel. And, and we looked at the Hoagie baits and we're like, man, those are just kind of um, – you know, they're just kind of boring. There's not a whole lot going on. So we wanted to, to make one that would swim better. And um, Mark uh, Twig, uh, my partner, he's, he's really, really creative. He um, he got hold of some, I guess they call it Sculpey clay. And he took and, and he rolled out these eels designs and he sat there and he carved on them, I mean, for, for a couple of afternoons. And then we baked the Sculpey, you know, got baked the Sculpey clay and got them, um, you know, nice and, and firm, and then was able to set it in RTV and then turn it into where we could pour it as a soft plastic mold. So in doing that, you know, we're like, hey, this is pretty cool. So we rigged up a few, and um, lo and behold, down the road, probably a couple months later, Twig was fishing with, with Dave and um, presented that really at the time, you know, we thought it was the coolest thing in the world, but it was really archaic, um, plastic bait at a Cobia, and uh, that Cobia tackled it. And uh, Mark was able to land it and get it in the boat. And Dave owning the Grafton Fishing Supply, he said, "Hey, let me uh, let me get some of those and put them in the store." And uh, we're, you know, Mark's like, "Okay, whatever." So we ended up making a few. We put them in the store, and um, lo and behold, they they sold, and we started getting some decent, you know, feedback. And um, so we kind of we got interested in it, and we got the learning curve of just messing with the plastic on that kind of a scale. And um, from there, it was, how do we do this better? You know, it's time to take the design and get it CAD and CAM and present it to someone that's got a CNC mill and get them to cut <laughs> um, molds for us. And it just it, it grew out of nothing at 100 miles an hour, and we haven't looked back. So now everything that we do, um, with the exception of one big rub, is all injection shot and um, CNC cut aluminum two-part molds. And that's cool. how it started. Real quick, 
kind of kind of explain that. I don't know if anybody in the chat room is really that interested, but I find it interesting the whole mold process and that we were talking about the other day with the the hot plastic and everything like that. So basically, how how are these lures made that people are buying and throwing? We all we all stick a hook in them and swing them out there, but in a, in a nutshell, kind of explain to us if you would. Well, the um, the plastic comes in in a raw form, and it's a PVC base, and it's polyvinyl chloride. And, um, and and believe it or not, I've got no chemistry background. I've learned more about polyvinyl chloride than I ever wanted to know. Um, you have to heat that stuff up to a certain temperature. Once it hits the desired temperature, the um, the chloride molecules separate, and they bond to the plasticizers that carry that PVC. When that bond occurs is what causes that plastic to set up and be whatever hardness you're going after. And the hardness or the softness of the plastic is determined by how much plasticizer you've got in along with those chloride molecules. So we we get a raw plastic in and then we have to um we have to basically cook it. We we pretty much purchase it in the in the consistency that we want. Sometimes you have to tweak a batch here or there to keep to keep it consistent. But for the most part, um, the entire batch is. So what happens is, is you heat that stuff up, and we get it. Uh, it's got to get above 350. That's a magic number um, to be able to be injectable with the equipment that we're using. Um, we like 365, 370 roughly because it injects in all of those molds, especially the molds with the little tiny details, like a little five-inch flinch and like the ridges on the back and the whole nine. You want that stuff to fill that mold completely. And um, once we shoot them, you shoot them into the molds, and they take, at first, a little bit of time to cure, and then that process gets longer as the aluminum begins to heat up as well. And, you know, you kind of run, you know, the, the front end at one temperature, and then your molds start to get too hot, and you have to, you know, get them, get them back down. But um, I see a question on here, how do you color them? Um, you know, the, the colorants are added prior to you cooking the plastic, so to speak, heating it up. And that's in different pigments, and the different pigments are in different strengths, and um, you know what have you. Does that that help you any, Mark? Well, I was just I was just trying to share. I wanted people to just kind of like I said, I just you tear a bag open, you stick a hook in it, you swing it out. But it's kind of interesting. It's yeah, it's it's there's a little bit that goes into it, and, and one of the things that I think separates us from from a lot of other companies is, is, you know, there's there's two mentalities when it comes to making plastic, and it's, um, you know, do you, do you make a billion of them and try to compete in the price world, or do you make at the end of the day something that, that the two of us are, are proud of and very confident in to fish? Because we're both at the school that if, if you're confident in what you're fishing, you're going to fish it longer, you're going to fish it better, and you're going to produce better results. And that's why we go to the lengths. I mean, if you just look at a five-inch flinching meter, for example, and that seems to be the the hot thing right now in shore. Um, you know, we we do a lot of extra time to get the eyes on the bait. Um, for example, every every bait that comes out of those molds, um, myself, Mark, or or Mark's gracious wife Barbara helps put eyes on the baits and and dip those heads and get them you know, ready to bag and what have you. And that in itself is a whole other process that, that you know, our time investment there is huge. So we didn't want to play in the, let's make a bag of baits with 40 baits in it and sell it for a nickel. Um, it just, it's just, that's not where we want to be. So I think that everybody that's seen our stuff um, likes it. And, um, you know, we're going to go from there and keep on growing. So the opening product would have been the willies, I guess, for you guys. Yeah, yeah, the the straight baits, the willies are what kind of um, what kind of started the whole thing, and then um, from there, um, in dealing with with CAD cam and aluminum cutting, um, we got tied in with a guy in Texas that was um, he's amazing. He's the smartest guy I've ever dealt with, period. He knows more about hydrodynamics and CNC junk than you ever want to know. And, and the cool thing about it was that his background was bass fishing. And um, he saw those eels when we presented him with the models, which he sat there and mic'd out with a set of calipers and turned into CAD and CAM. Um, 
into what we have today. And, and him seeing it, he said, you know, I, I, I want to try these on bass. And I got some stuff I want you guys to look at as well. So we kind of we kind of made a, a friend, so to speak, that, you know, shared some of the same, you know, interests that we did. And, you know, he said this is much cooler than, you know, cutting nuts and bolts for some, you know, whatever machine. He said this stuff is, is what I like to do. And he really took an interest to it. And he was kind of um, – he kind of drove us in the direction of the flinch and minna and uh, the four-inch rub and, and a bunch of other stuff that, that we do. He's been involved with as well. But the um, the big willy, the straight bait, um, started off uh, predominantly for Tobia. And then we did the um, the Wiggling series, which, again, was a design from, uh, you know, Absolute Clay. So that we totally, those two designs are completely ours. Nobody else has them. Nobody else can get them. Um, we own a lock, stock, and barrel. Very cool. I was just putting up videos in the chat room of some of your pool demo, pool demonstration videos. Oh yeah, there's and, uh, there's a lot of story behind that pool too. Um, that's that's one of Mark's relatives' pools, and and they will freak out if we run a hook in the pool because it's a liner pool. And um, sure enough, they got back and they said. Uh, Hey, we checked out your website, and I forgot. And I put in that big Facebook footer on the bottom of the of the web page, and um, sure enough, and and you know he's talking to his family member, and and she says, "Guess what else I saw?" And he's like, "What?" And he says, "My pool." Mark was like, "Oh shit, we're busted." So um, it was it was absolutely hilarious. So yeah, we we um we shot those while they were not home. Let's put it that way. But we did we did by by the rules. There was no hooks in the bays. The points were clipped and and everything else. So someone asked the question, do lures have any kind of attractant? Um, not at this point. It's um it's not something that that we want to package with because everybody scent is such a touchy subject. If you talk to three different people you get five different you know, opinions Answer. on the scent. Yeah. So we just um we don't we don't do it and we don't try to mix anything with the plastic because if we start to do that it it degrades the integrity of it, and we don't we don't want anything happening. Uh, somebody asked about paddle tails coming soon. Um, uh, next year is is target day for paddle tails. We've got a couple of a couple of molds that we're playing with, and Elosia, you can you can speak to that. You've you've gotten to fish some of those. Um, so what I got to fish what some of the paddle tails. Some of the, the test yeah. molds that we've gotten to play with. Those are those bags that I got labeled secret baits. Don't you? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I haven't used any. No, I don't know what you're talking and, about. No. Well, fishing, fishing at Oak Island, man, and, um, and, and I've got. Uh, I'm gonna throw it right next I've to got, Mark. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna paddle up to Mark and I'm gonna put my secret bait on it. And check it out. Then. Well, well, I got um, I got I that color that too. <laughs> you were quiet there for a while. I poked the bear a little bit. Well, well, I have a question. I have a question. Can, can I ask a question? Yeah. What, what I like about them, what I, what I like about them, and I don't understand, and well, he went over it pretty well, but I have one question. What I like about his bait, those particular two that I have left, um, is the, 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 the uh, they're, very, they're very soft, but they're very durable. How many did you have to make to go through to figure out the actual amount to mix and the time to let them cure and all of that to get that consistency? Because that consistency is, it's almost, I mean, it's pretty close to perfect because, you know, with other baits, it will not be mentioned because they're not getting free airtime. But, you know, you throw them out and the pinfish just destroy the tails off all of them. Where with yours, the pinfish still want to eat them but they can't tear them apart, which saves you a ton of money in baits that you don't have to throw out twice and can't use anymore. But that consistency is, is really, really nice. How long did that take you to get that right? A year. Um, I think that putting a number to that of baits would be easier to translate it into gallons of plastic. And and during the early the early phases, we probably ran through 50 or 60 um, gallons of plastic to to get things where we want them. Um, 
and it's just it is what it is. But we learned a lot in there too, and it wasn't just about trying to get um, it wasn't trying to get a consistency. It was it was the whole package. It was you know how hot do we need to get it? Um, where does it inject well? How much of each one of these colorants do we put in to get the desired tint that we want? Um, because all of that stuff is not um, you don't just add. Uh, you know, a, a hodgepodge colorant to plastic, and it comes out the same shade every time. That's 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 crazy. You have to sit there and either you know measure it out in a pipette, or you count the drops into all measured quantities so that you can get some consistency. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, we've been doing it for a long time, and we still we still get batches that baffle us. We go, what in the world happened? And and we'll take that and put that in the in the back burner or the recycle bin, so to speak. Hey Wesley, hey. Your, your raw material, the plastic that you use, is that made in America? It is. It is. It's coming out of Georgia, um, and uh, we buy solely from those guys, and um, we like them. Um, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of bass fishermen that have um, you know certain kind of plastics that they like, and a lot of lure manufacturers, and and we've been we've been working with these guys. Um, pretty much since day one, uh, indirectly, but but as of late in the last year, we're dealing direct with them. So um, we're uh, we're very ecstatic. Uh, we're also happy to say that I don't know if everybody saw it, but the, the hooks that um, we were able to to do the weights for the swim baits, um, those are mustard hooks. We're not sourcing those from overseas or anything either. So we're about there. We're trying to get to a hundred percent. Uh, we've got one hook that's kind of got us um, over a barrel, but we hope to have that whip soon. Cool. Do you so, have to change the time and the drying time depending on the type of colors or when you add different, like, glitter and stuff like that to it? Uh-uh. No, the, um, the, the drying time is only affected by the environment that it's in, and it's not really a quote-unquote drying time. It's more of a cooling-off time. Um, when that stuff is is hot, it is uh, it's about the consistency of um, like maple syrup, hot maple syrup. And um, if you if you get it if you get it on your skin, um, your first thought is, oh my god, this is napalm. And um, the worst thing you can do is when you get it on your skin is to touch it because now you're burnt twice. Um, don't wear you can't wear flip flops in the shop. Um, Twig can tell you all about that. Um, you know, we've—it's just one of the things that we do. Not only that, but um, let me mention right up front that if anybody's going to try this at home, get a respirator because the fumes that come off of this stuff are not pretty. And if you look, like for example, at one of our exhaust fans, it looks like it's covered in—it uh, looks like it's covered in like a mist or like a fine oil. And that's the stuff that's floating around in the air and will get into your lungs if you're not careful and, and wearing a um, respirator. Just, you know, this public service announcement there. So that's starting to explain a lot about both you and Mark now. I'm starting to see all the right. There you go. That's why we like to do what we do. <laughs> <laughs> you said he's as high as a giraffe. Oh yeah, yeah. You can um God, that stuff that stuff is terrible. There's stuff that we deal with in the same some of the um, some of the powder coating and some of the paint we use in the lead stuff is absolutely way worse than that. But the plastic is just repeat exposure. So yeah, we start listening to like fish and the Grateful Dead in there and stuff, and you know it's been a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Inhale. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> so uh, what? Give us what else are you? What else are you turning out over there? We got the flinching minnows. We talked about those. The big the big willies. They come in 11, um, we, 13, 16 inch on the big willies. Correct. What else do you guys? We do um, we do the wiggling uh, willies. We do a small eight inch and we do a 12 inch, and it's um, they're roughly the, the measured on the fall, which means that the tail is pretty much straightened out. Um, there's a video on our Facebook page of an eight inch running right underneath the water. It's like a gigantic bass worm. It's got a keel on it. Um, we fish that a lot during rockfish season, um, especially off of um, uh, the, you know, like a tandem rig with a uh, with a heavy weight or we'll run a mojo to get them down. And 
and the stripers will, you know, the old adage, elephants eat peanuts. Um, sometimes those big stripers, they don't want a gigantic meal, and they'll pick that little 8-inch one every time, and uh, we do very well with them. We um, we also pitch them at Kobe as well, where the Kobe are just kind of slack and not acting real right. Uh, that tail sometimes can get them lit up and, and absolutely get them to blast it. Well, we'll be getting back in touch with you during the Kobe season next year, won't we, Mark? Yeah, well, that and the weatherman. We got to get a good weatherman on the show next. <laughs> We're um, if if all goes right, we should be dropping a um, a new cobia jig next year as well. We've got that in the works. In addition to um, a paddle tail, in addition to um, you know some different swim bait stuff and just different stuff that we want to play with, but we're trying to, uh, we're going to get through rockfish season this year, and then we're going to take on kind of new projects and kind of, you know, get our focus a little bit broader then, and, and then we probably have to make some decisions on how we're going to attack next year as a company. So, again, you know, Ramon, we, we're small, and uh, we're definitely definitely going way faster than we thought we would, which is great, um, but it's going to definitely inspire some growth, so we're going to have to probably may have to do some upsizing on uh, our facility and what have you. But uh, back to what you were talking about, Lozier, product-wise, we do the Wigglins. We do a four-inch grub. Uh, four-inch grubs are pretty common, but the thing that sets ours apart is um, we do we do the bicolor grubs where we actually will cut the tails off of, like, a chartreuse and reload the molds and shoot the front half of it so we get clean color breaks. And I think you've seen some of those as well. Have you not? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we get, um, we get good feedback from the color combos, and and uh, we enjoy shooting those as well. And then right now, like I said, the 5-inch flinching and the 7-inch flinching have been kind of in the spotlight for the specs and the and the puppy drum and what have you. And yep. this is pretty much a kayak strictly, but I know we probably have some boat anglers because I know none of us here are going to be pulling around Pac-Man mojos, but you guys. Also oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't going to get into uh, that. We were what? kind of keeping it inshore, but we do do um, a four, eight, a sixteen, and a twenty ounce um, Pac-Man, which we tie umbrella style and. Um, the, the difference is, is we load ours with a it's about an eight inch um grub that's got a big like a quarter inch thick tail on it so that when you run it through the water instead of the standard paddle tail shad body um it's got a whole lot more um action than anything that's out there now so but we've been we've been real successful with those yeah I remember when pacmans were the uh new hot striper lure came down from the Maryland boys and I think I told you this story where Jack, he was yeah. a Maryland captain that came down here, and he would literally, as soon as he turned the corner at Cape Henry, all the rods went inside the boat. Nobody could see what he was dragging because he was wearing them out out there. It didn't take long until somebody, I guess, must have booked a trip with them or something and took a picture. Because <laughs> after a while, then the Pac-Mans became big down on the south side. So, but They look good, yeah, too, man. Yeah, got- man. We we sell a lot of those um, between here and uh, the Louisiana coast. That those guys take those fours and eights and do vertical jigging um, for just gigantic grouper. grouper. Yeah, they do yeah. grouper and snapper. Um, you know, and I grew up fishing out of Louisiana and out of Venice and stuff. And uh, you know, the the snapper down there are just unreal. I mean, it's nothing to get. 15, 18, 20-pound snapper <laughs> off of the rigs. Just, just well, that's what the original mojos, the big swivel-ahead mojos, that's what those are, big sand, big grouper rigs that people started yeah. using up here back in the day. So it's funny how those things, same thing with the old, uh, uh, now I'm going to draw a blank. What the heck are they called? The little torpedo-looking uh, plastics with the single hook going and throw uh, but anyway, they're salmon lure. Somebody brought back from a salmon trip around here, and now everybody uses them for stripers. But anyway, uh, on the weighted swim hooks that you guys are doing now, what size hooks are we? What kind of hooks you got there? We've got. Um, we're doing a four rot, which fits the five inch um, very well, and we're putting that out in an eighth, three sixteenths, and a quarter. Um, we have the capability to pour it down to a sixteenth, um, but we don't like it. It's not staying on the hook. 
um, the lead's not adhering to the hook correctly because it's so thin of a layer. So before we, you know, put something out, we're going to make sure we're happy with it. But as of right now, it's an eighth, three sixteenth, and a quarter. And then we're also doing um, a seven knot. Um, for the for the bigger flinch and we're doing that in a five sixteenth, a three eight and a seven sixteenth. And um we're using a center pin, I guess like a corkscrew hitchhiker um type of deal that allows you and, and you brought this up and, and, and we had talked about it before, uh, Lozier was you know, you put that center pin in there, you were able to get um you know, the the head of the bait lined up good and straight and then then the tail tail in the back of that bait is there's three ridges, and if you get that point directly up through that top ridge and to lay flat on that back, you've got that bait dead straight rigged. And when you rig it dead straight, the action is just unreal. Yeah. Oh, I love the can, you buy all these, can you buy them from your website, or do you have to go into a dealer? We would um, we would much prefer to support our local brick and mortar stores. Um, it, it, uh, we get calls all the time for people that you know. We had a, a guy call us. I think it was yesterday out of Percocet, and wasn't aware um, that he had some dealers around him. Uh, we directed him to the dealers. But if you're not within reach of a dealer, I had a gentleman couple guys from Norfolk, um, Virginia Beach that wanted to order some stuff. We're not set up as a true e-commerce site at this point, but if you email us of what you need, we're happy to take care of it. We're happy to shoot you a PayPal, and then once that comes back, we will send you your baits. No problems, no no, uh, no issues with that. So um, it just depends on the area that you're coming from. Like I said, we, we want to first and foremost drive people to the, to the brick-and-mortar stores. And, and if you can't get our stuff in your area, take it upon yourself. When you go in there to pick up something else, ask the people at the tackle store, do you sell this? Can you get it? Um, that's how we grow. That's how we get in your neighborhood. That's how we, we do what we need to do so that you can have the baits that you need to fish and, and be effective. And you know, that's that's what we ultimately want is to be everywhere. We're not, um, we're not real... And not excited about doing internet business. We'd rather, like I said, go through brick and mortar places. Okay. All right. But, but locally, you guys in Carolina, um, feel free to call. Um, the beach is, we got a couple of irons in the fire. Nothing, nothing's really come up at the beach yet. But um, as that, you know, in the meantime, if anybody needs anything, feel free to drop us an email. We'll be happy to, to take care of it. And coming up the same weekend as the uh, Oak Island Classic, uh, October 12th, you will be at the Virginia Beach Anglers Club Fall Fishing Event, which is going to be held at Max King's Marine on Shore Drive. Um, It's kind of like a flea market, if you will, I guess. It's going to be all kinds of different vendors and people selling stuff there, but Real Fast Tackle is going to have a booth there, so you guys will pretty much have everything on hand for people on the shore, right? Yeah, yeah, we're going to um, we're going to try to take as much stuff as we can up, and um, we will be totally prepared. One thing to understand is I think this thing is undercover, so whether it's rain, shine, or whatever, it's it's going down. So um, we'll be there. The event is open from 7:30 to 3 p.m. and um, come on out and see us. And we'll you know if we don't have it there, we'll be happy to you know if we sell out of something or what have you. Um, just we'll, we'll make a note, um, get you prepaid, and we will ship it to you when we get back. So, whatever your whatever your needs are, we'll be happy to take care of them for you there. Very cool. Does anybody else have any other questions? Anything else? Did we miss anything? You think there, Wesley? I think we covered it all. No, 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 no. That 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 was that that was um that was more than I expected on the plastic piece. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then when we get off the phone, I'll be sure to give you Patterson's address so I can get him off my back. I just need two of the swim bait hooks to go with the two I have left. Oh, my oh, God. What weight do you need wow. them? <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll, um, we'll get you set up, and uh, we're going to well, – I'm going uh, bass mark- fishing. I'm going to go largemouth fishing tomorrow. So I'll finish those two off. 
Yeah, take them, take them. The largemouth don't have any um, anything against the flinch and minnow. They will eat those things very, very quickly, um, especially if you can get them up on top and, and tie them in a double rig. Um, that's an old bass fishing trick. I mean, you know, you when only you got two left, remember. Yeah, I, mean, I figured I figured you can get rid of them in one cast. Um, if we do this, if we do this double rig, but if if you don't know how to tie it, you can go to the website and we've got a video on how to do the how to do the double rig, and that is an old old school bass tactic um, that that we took and started fishing saltwater and smashing the speckles on. And, and if you go to the site, you can see um, some of the outcast boys as of recent that have uh, just been smoking the puppy drum, catching two at a time on a double rig. So. It's it, it's an amazing bass tactic. So if you are going to go, Mr. Patterson, you might want to give that a shot. I will watch it tonight, but I got to do it in the next three minutes because I go to bed at night. Really? Pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's not get you out of your regiment. <laughs> I can watch it first thing in the morning, actually. But, no, I, 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 like I said, I can't say enough good things about it. I know it worked great on the reds. I will review the bass tomorrow. I hear you. Well, I wish you all the luck, and, and I appreciate um, you letting us get in and partake in the Oak Island and, um, you know, getting us getting us keyed in with the kayak guys. That was our original destination was to reach out and, and uh, kind of touch that, and, and uh, you guys have been very helpful with it. So we do definitely appreciate it. Well, all the Very thanks cool. goes to Lozier because he was the one that got you to me. So I have to, uh, oh, I have yeah. to give credit. Oh, yeah. oh, now I get some credit. Finally, in the whole hour, I get some credit from Patterson. That's <laughs> right. I mean, that's... He's getting sleepy, while, that's why. He's getting sleepy. Yeah, he's getting sleepy. Really he want, and he wants some more flinching than us. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we are reaching our 9 o'clock hour. We appreciate everybody for tuning in tonight and everybody who's going to download this later on the podcast. Everybody listening on their apps, appreciate it. Don't forget, next week we're going to have Wayne Bradby on here talking about our local kayak anglers tournament coming up. Um, Wesley's going to be involved with that also. So great things coming. Wes, we appreciate you giving us a call tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me on your schedule. Really oh, no big deal. Yeah. Definitely good times. Uh, Chris, anything else? Anybody got anything before we get out of here and miss anything? Because I know I did. Patterson, I want to see. Patterson, I want to see two big bass tomorrow because that's all you can catch. He's already gone, honey. He's already gone. Wow, it's nine o'clock. Shut down. Wow. Pull the plug. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you, buddy. All right. Have a good night, Wes. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye bye. All right. That about wraps it up. Everybody, be safe. Have fun out there. Get on the water, do some fishing. Let us know what's going on in your neck of the woods. I'm out. I'm done. Got to get to work early myself. I'm not going to bed yet, but anyway, you guys take you guys take it easy. I think that's it, Chris. Let's get out of here. Remember, take your children fishing. They are our next generation anglers. Good night, everybody. Bye, Americans.